0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Meara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking
1: about reading with children and interviewing podcaster Teresa Thorne. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Um, you're going to be really proud of me. Yeah? I think that. So you gave this to me like a year ago. Yes. I should have returned it a long time ago, but I've I've I looked up and I realized I have won a lot of your books and then a lot of other people's books that I've borrowed. and I was like, okay, I'm gonna make my way through these physical books this like in the next month or two. So
0: wow, I started with this
1: one. It's very good. It has me laughing out loud. Oh my God, isn't it? It is the literally the funniest book I've ever read in my life. instead of I don't know if we have time for this, but instead of like giving a description of what it's about because I feel like you've talked about it a lot, I was going to read a passage. Oh my God, please do. Because this has had me... I was getting my hair done yesterday. This actually had me in stitches. So she's describing... Okay,
0: quick quick background. It's a, oh, this a memoir is so, about a woman and her dad was a priest. Yeah, it's by Patricia Lockwood and her dad is a Catholic priest thanks to some sort of weird loophole where he was a priest. He was a, an Episcopalian priest before then and he had a wife and family and then he decided to be a Catholic priest because of the exorcist. Yeah, it's it, her family's...
1: Amazing Um, And so she's writing this book And she's describing the house that they live in And it had me laughing so hard Um, I'm just going to read what the description of the house looks like Pretty much all the art in the house Is of Jesus reaching out with two fingers And trying to milk things The air, the clouds, the cross A cripple who just wants to get blessed And who is going to get milked by Jesus Jesus stands against a celestial background He reaches towards a plump Dangling ray of the sun He is going to milk the hell out of it (laughs) (laughs) It goes on, it's very funny to me. where he talks about oh I am just going to read this next part when the paintings aren't of Jesus they're of ships and jungle cats which fit better with the theme than you might expect one, on one wall is a photorealistic 1960s painting of a tiger leaping out at you so ferociously that you know he must have just eaten Jesus and that in fact Jesus crouching inside of him and full of a taste for human flesh is the one who is hungry for you over the couch hangs a picture of a quail following a set of human, human footprints in the snow whose footprints is she following I hardly need to tell you <laughs>
0: Jesus. it's wicked funny that you read that particular passage because when alan read that he laughed about that so hard and for like a month afterwards we like did the weird little jesus fingers at each other like i'm gonna milk you it's so funny it's and then so she talks about funny. this other painting she's just a very
1: clever writer and like it's one of these memoirs where like i don't know hardly I know nothing about her but it's such a good memoir and it's such a fascinating read it, I would totally suggest it I'm like halfway through and I kind of never want it to end oh. what are you reading Mallory
0: I am reading a book called The Last Picture Show by Larry McMurtry uh, I know it I, I've i never seen the movie I haven't either actually but I am a huge Larry McMurtry fan one of my favorite books in the history of the world is Lonesome Dove and oh, I didn't know that y- oh yeah I, I which is funny because you wouldn't peg me as like a western fan no but West- Lonesome Dove was the first Western I ever read and I fell so deeply in love with it and it's like one of the I mean Larry McMurtry is one of those writers that like the last picture show really isn't about anything it's just about this small town in in Texas right and you know, just these two teenagers and then like dealing with sex and girlfriends and like being in a small town. But it's so compellingly written where you're like this. Nothing happens in this scene, but it's like I can't stop. I can't put it down. I started it last night and I'm almost done with it. It's just I, I love him so much. If you think you don't like Westerns, read Larry McMurtry. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. This is probably one of my favorite uh, oh yeah you you actually forwarded emails. this to me made, I forwarded it to you just I was like I can't be the <laughs> only one who reads this um so PK writes in, I stay pretty well hydrated, which means I feel pretty good, but also means I pee a lot. I take probably four or five strips to the restroom at work a day. I used to play Plants vs. Zombies or catch up on social media. For the last several months, I've been taking children's books that I missed and want to catch up on. Bippy Longstocking, The Magic Knob, and the like. A chapter of one of those flies by in two or three minutes. I leave the book on my desk and it's my workbook and I can knock out an extra book from my pile every week or two. It's amazing. Every week or number two. <laughs>
1: I just want to say, going to the bathroom four or five times, I don't think that's a lot. Do I I pee a ton? I I think we both just drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of water. I drink
0: probably like two gallons of water a day. But I like this use of time. Yeah,
1: it's pretty great. Yeah. Kyle writes in and says... I can't hear a small press talk without immediately thinking of the small press expo in the D.C. suburbs. SPX focuses on comics and graphic novels and it's my favorite book event of the year. By the way, I've been to this and I took my comic book there at one point. And I sold cards, I made little cards made out of my comic book characters and sold them. That's really cool. Um, My brother and I both went. I like to wander the floor and buy lots of comics I hadn't previously heard of. While meeting artists and writers like Carrie Pietsch. sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, Uh, Kate Leth and Lamar Abrams They also bring in people for sessions and signings Such as Jules Pfeiffer Illustrator Phantom Tollbooth Who talked about his career And representative John Lewis Who was signing his graphic novel March SPX also hosts the Ignatz Awards Recognizing Outstanding Achievement In Comics and Cartooning Uh, It is a really fun That sounds amazing Yeah, it's really super fun
0: So Katie writes in with a very hot tip. She says, it wasn't until I read an article on turning your phone settings to grayscale that I was able to break my phone addiction. On iPhones, go to settings, general accessibility, display accommodations, color filters, and grayscale. We should write this out. We'll put this on the the MaxFun blog because this is like a lot of information. Yes. Without the bright color screen, the red notifications that suggest immediate action and the fact that Instagram just isn't as fun in black and white, I find myself on my phone less and less. Sometimes I don't even check my email until six or seven at night because my phone just doesn't interest me as much. It's definitely helped me break my phone addiction, which allows me to get my work done and finish my homework on the weekends for the week coming up, which means the rest of the week I have time to read when I get home from work or school. Wow. This is like a mind
1: hack. It really is. I also have an update because people reach out after our last, last episode, which... I, we record these a little bit ahead of time, so sorry, this will be like two episodes ago for people listening. Um, and the update is I kept saying, well, you can't return your books if you've already checked them out from the library, and you can. You just can't do it through Overdrive or Libby. You can go to Amazon and return them through Amazon. So that's a little hack. If you're looking to return your library books early, you can go through your Amazon Manage My Devices and you can return them early. So other people can check them out, them out or so you can check out more, more. books. I was just going to say,
0: that's really what we're going for here. So you can just listen, get more you books. Listen, if
1: you've reached your max
0: 30 level books, then you can check out more books if you return those early so you can email us your hot tips at reading at gmail.com and as always we want to thank danielle who runs our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page and if you want to support the show you can buy reading glasses tote bags and bookmarks in the max fun store there's always a link in the show notes before we talk about reading with kids we're going to take a quick break
2: Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott and we're the hosts of Everything's, Everything's Coming, Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. We are a Simpsons podcast brand new to the Maximum Fun Network and every episode we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright, all people that have worked on The Simpsons and we've also had guests like Weird Al and people that are on the Max Fun Network already and each week we will talk to a very cool guest about their favorite episode and it is so much fun. So if you like The Simpsons, come listen to Everything's Coming Up All right, smell you later.
0: This week we finally talk about reading with kids. We get a lot of fan mail asking about it. We also get a lot of fan mail from parents with awesome tips about reading to your children and getting more reading in when you have children because neither of us have children. Unfortunately, cats don't count. Although they do keep you up at night. I feel like if I taped all of my cats together, it might count. <laughs> it would be That would be the size of like a nine-year-old. You got a lot of cats. Yeah, I mean, you know... It, that would be a horrifying monstrosity. (laughs) Um, So, yes, because we don't have children, we're going to share some some of the great ideas from people who email them to us. Lots of parents, including Father Casey Reed, he wrote in to recommend audiobooks for getting more reading time in when you can't be hands-free with a baby, or two babies, or three babies, or however many babies you have. So using a book app like Libby makes that even easier and faster since it's free books from the library right on your phone. You don't have to go to the library to check them out. You have them accessible all the time. So it's a great way to just you know have have a book going when you're doing baby things i like that uh, we also heard from Lizzie Who wrote in and said Near the beginning
1: of the school year My son wasn't doing well in school So we decided we would spend Wednesdays Working on his homework in the library To reduce distractions It's great There are these great big tables In the kids section So we can spread out And the tables have outlets Set into them And free wifi So we can always have my computer there To help him look up things for himself And practice typing Just last week He had to write a paper On what he wants to be When he grows up And he decided he wanted to study mythology But I didn't quite know how to help him a passing librarian sent us to the research librarian who spent 45 minutes showing my 11-year-old son all the ways he could accomplish the study of mythology, which was way more information than he needed, but it got him more excited than he already was about mythology, and we left the library with a big old stack of books. So we love our library, and it really helped to bring my son's grades up. I That's that. amazing. Also, I feel like my my childhood experience of reading also centered around the library, because I my, par- my parents would take us there on the weekends. We would get to check out, I think the limit was like eight or 12 books, and I would check out like maximum books, and I loved doing it. And that was like a big, important thing, because you, also, I feel like when you're a kid and you go to the library, they always make the library, the kids section look real cool, like real fun. And the ones here are really fun, too, but it's like, yeah, they have like blocks and toys and stuff, but also they have books, so it's like a fun It's a fun place for
0: kids, I think. Oh, totally. Um... Yeah, we can, we'll, we'll talk about this later in the show, our, our childhood reading experiences. Uh, Rose wrote in, this is not something I do with kids since I don't have them and my sisters have not given me nieces and nephews yet, but it's something I remember from childhood. I love that phrase, like, given you. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like a cult kind of thing. <laughs> Give me your niece. <laughs> I have not made any children to give to my family yet. Um, when my sister was in kindergarten in first grade and first learning and practicing to read, I was in preschool and definitely needed story time before bed time and nap time and all the time. I mean I, I, I agree with this. I need story time all the time. Uh, the three of us would lay on my sister's bed and my mom would have my sister read to me before bedtime. My sister would get practice reading and my mom would help her with hard words and I would still get story and family time. It was really cool because we got to bond and we both got to see how great reading it is but it gave my sister a lot of practice before she was a really comfortable reader since I wasn't going to be mean or make fun of her. It's probably one of my favorite childhood memories and definitely one of the things that made me want to be a reader. That's a really great idea. Just crowdsource your kids. I love it. Make them do the work. It's totally true. <laughs> they learn how to read and the other kids get read to. It's perfect. <laughs> We also heard
1: from Megan, who wrote in and said, and we read part of this in a show before, but we want to return to it because we really loved it. I have recommendations of how important it is to read to babies from birth, but sometimes people forget that when they're really little, the content doesn't matter so much. They're just listening to how language is formed, etc. So you can read really whatever you want. My husband and I read to her as part of a bedtime routine while she's breastfeeding. We've gotten through so many books that way already. Since my Hazel has been born f- five months ago, which we got this, Hazel's a little older now, we read Under the Big Black Sun, A Personal History of L.A. Punk, um, which she's friends with one of, one of the writers, Mirror in the Sky, Ficones by Jorge Luis Borges, Borges? Mm-hmm. The, Do- the, the Book of Laughter and Forgetting, Pride and Prejudice, which I just uh, read. Our pal Jane Austen.
0: Life Among the Savages. Shirley Jackson. This was the, oh, Very that amazing. book is so good. It's yeah, so good. So That's really awesome. It's actually also a recommendation. If you are looking for a great parenting, just not like a book that is instructional about parenting, but just like a memoir about being a parent, Life Among the Savages by Shirley Jackson is one of the best, maybe the best one I've ever read. Oh, interesting. It's hilarious and amazing. Um,
1: Can I just put a side note in about Jane Austen? Someone wrote to me on Twitter and they said... I noticed that you said you just finished Pride and Prejudice and you did not give it any rating <gasps> on Goodreads. And I was like, damn, this person has caught on. <laughs>
0: I did finish it. I just want to say. So Janelle wrote in, I'm a parent of two kids, age seven and three. I would say that as a parent, just before bed is a great time to get reading done with your kids. And hopefully it just becomes a part of their day that they can't live without. Meaning they're well on their way to becoming serious readers. ha ha. <laughs> also, weekends I are. I feel like you can do better with that. Uh, do, must I? hmm <laughs> I really don't want to. <laughs> it's <all about> ma- <laughs> yeah, you, you're an actress, Bria. This is <laughs> your job. <laughs> um also, weekends are a time that is generally taking up doing either boring housework stuff or things for the kids like taking them to sports, going to birthday parties, etc. Sometimes I just want a part of my weekend for me, so I'll say to the kids, okay, now we're having quiet reading time for 30 minutes. Go find a book and a cozy spot to sit in and I enforce some quiet time so we can all read separately but together. This is great because A, they do this at school anyway so they're familiar with the concept and B, children learn by watching what their parents do and we all know that reading is, is good for kids' development. So by reading in front of my kids, I'm leading by example and they will hopefully copy that behavior. I get to read in front of my kids and feel good about my parenting skills at the same time. Yay! Mm, that's awesome. I love it. These
1: So we love all of these things. And since we don't have kids, we love that you guys are writing us about how you read with your kids. Yes. It's so perfect. Bria, what about your own reading time as a kid? Well, like I said, I have very distinct memories of going to the library as a kid and being allowed to check out books. And I did think at the time that was just like, I was... Very independent. I knew ex- I got to pick out my own
0: books from the library. Did you was, have your own library card? Yeah, yeah. They give you like a kids' library. card. It's like a montage. It's like a clueless montage. But <laughs> instead of going to the mall, Bria struts into the library with her <laughs> sunglasses on over her head, waving a library out my children's cards? library card,
1: <laughs> which is. Like a regular one, but with less books. <laughs> with
0: limitations.
1: <laughs> and then I ended up working at that same library years later. So like I can literally think a lot about I can think of the smell of that library. I can I can if you put me in that library and blindfolded me, I'd be like, Yeah, this is the Marshall Public Library.
0: <laughs> like I would know. It's like the Pepsi Cola. Pepsi Coke test but with libraries Bria can tell a library by its smell I you know
1: you kind of can libraries yeah. kind of have a very specific smell yeah what do they smell like just like books and plastics books plastics old people cleaning supplies um and then the other thing I remember as a kid that I really loved was the book fair. Did you have his book fairs?
0: Oh, the Scholastic Motherfucking
1: Hell Book yeah, Fair. Hell yeah, the Scholastic Hell Book yeah. Fair. And I remember when I would go, the one thing I'd be really interested in was kitten calendars. Because they always had a, a new kitten calendar every year, which is not a book, but was fucking
0: cool. <laughs> I really Play wanted Scurries one. home and runs into her bedroom and slams the door and slips it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, it yeah.
0: Opens, opens up the kitten <laughs> centerfold. This Look kitten. at this one
1: hanging hanging in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know exactly the kitten you're talking about.
1: Uh, that was a popular. That was a popular poster. Lincoln. It was a po- very popular poster. <laughs> um, but really, I also that's where I started reading like fantasy books. I think I would go to that that fair and I would read books. I, my librarian when I was like maybe in like second grade made us all read. Um, Who's the lady who's like a lady she's not the Hardy Boys she's Nancy the, Drew. Thank you. She's <laughs> a lady who's a lady. The lady who's a lady who knows about <laughs> mysteries. It's the only one Nancy really. Drew. Um I don't know why I couldn't think of her. Yeah, Nancy Drew. She made us read Nancy Drew books and I was like, into this. I'm into this. I like these Nancy Drew books. I like this mystery. I like this independent lady. I mean, I think she was like a girl. She's like our age. No, like my age at the time. I was gonna say not my age now. Now she, she's a tiny girl. Now I'm. Listen, if you've never read Nancy Drew*, this is a horrible description. Just watch the movie. I don't know <laughs>
0: this lady in her mid thirties,
1: somehow <laughs> hanging
0: out at a children's school.
1: <laughs> um, anyway, so I really liked. I really liked mystery books, and I got into those at the time. Also, my brother and I would collect these kind of like cool fantasy weird books that our mom would get us. The book that comes to mind is The Eleventh Hour, and I think you know this book. Do you know this book? No. Okay. It was this beautifully... Um, drawn book where there was a mystery and all these animals. It was about animals, anthropomorphized animals. who were like all wandering around and like some mystery happened at this beautiful house. And remember, there was some sort of tea party or something, and they had to figure it out by the eleventh hour. And they give you clues throughout the book, and it's just like picture book. And at the end, there was an envelope. You open up, and then the and when you opened up the envelope, you could find out what was the mystery. And That's
0: that was, that was pretty a prized
1: cool. possession in the Grant household. The eleventh hour. Even if after you already solved the mystery? Oh, yeah. I would look at that book so much. I remember just, like, pouring over the pages, like, because they were really beautifully illustrated. And at the time, especially when I was younger, I really loved things that just looked really, fan, like, very hard fantasy. I was almost like hard a... Hard fantasy? Yeah, you know, like, very fantastical, especially with animals. Okay.
0: Like I was never like a horse, like really into horses. Like I feel like a lot of girls. I under feel the like age there's fifth grade. yeah, there's like a there's like a fork in the road, and one way that girls go for horse books, yes, and one way you go for it's, it's basically whether the horses are talking or not. Well, that's what I was saying. Either the horses are, talking, horses are being be ridden or the horses are talking. Yeah, and going I didn't want to be a
1: person who like rode a horse. I
0: wanted to be best friends with a horse. I th- honestly, I think that's a very important distinction, and it's a big fork <laughs> in the road for a lot of girls. It is. It I is. was also among the talking horse variety. But where,
1: oh, really? So where did the girls end up? Ladies If you were a girl horse, Horses Horse chicks Horse chicks Hit us up What um Where did you end up What did you end up reading Because we ended up
0: reading YA
1: Oh they ended up reading YA books Oh yeah So did I But there are
0: different types of YA you
1: Yeah maybe know. Okay Alright what did you read When you were a kid
0: well, so my 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 uh, childhood reading journey is very hilarious because I was obsessed with books even before I could read. Like all of the, there's a lot of pictures of me as like an infant just carrying a like ch- like paperbacks around holding them upside down like trying to read them. That's really cute. And I re- started reading really, really early. It's like when people take
1: photos of like their kid holding a beer and they're like, yeah, they're too young. Yeah. And, but I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. It's fine as long as they don't become an alcoholic. Later. Yeah. Be,
0: <laughs> and, but then, then it's a really it's, embarrassing it,
1: photo. Yeah, but then it's kind of funny otherwise.
0: Well, now I'm like kind of a bookaholic. So I guess yeah, it sort it's of true. works out. I hope you have a photo of you. I do. I'll show it to you after the show. It's very cute. Okay. Um, is me holding up? Uh, I'm like we can put it on the blog, the Max Fun blog. I'm I think I'm like less than two, and I'm holding this just like giant fat mass market paperback upside down, like <laughs> but like as if I'm reading it, like grinning. It's really funny. But anyway, uh, I also went to the library a lot and would just read. I would get out the maximum amount of books, read them all. Uh, my parents didn't really didn't read to me, um, but I just that's all I ever wanted to do. I mean, re- literally, as soon as I saw a book as I was a kid, I was like, yep, that's what I want. And I've just been <laughs> basically doing that ever since. I would get in trouble in school for reading under the desk. I would uh, Every summer vacation was spent in a lawn chair with some lemonade, nice. reading books. Like a country time situation? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, but what's the even shittier version of country time? Oh, I don't know.
1: Country time... Massa- is it shitty? Because I think of it as being like a pretty sweet ass oh.
0: lemonade. Well, yeah, but it, we had like the generic version. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Like you have like the Kroger version of the country time. Uh, well, whatever. It was Massachusetts. So like the market basket. Oh, excuse me. Market basket. Oh, I don't know. Version. What, I mean. what is that's, that? That's like a. That's a throwback to any Massachusetts people. <laughs> it's the Massachusetts grocery store. Uh, but yeah, I, I read. I was also of the fantasy variety. Any Anything that had talking animals, elves, magic. That's That was my favorite stuff, even when I was wicked, wicked. Wicked little, hmm. and yeah, I think now and now we've grown and up to and, be elves ourselves. And now, yeah, now we're now we're professional <laughs> elves. And somewhere in a parallel universe, there was a Mallory and Bria doing this podcast talking about how much they loved horse books. Yeah, and they went on to become veterinarians. I, well, I almost did.
1: We, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you know what? I wanted to be one. I just think of like the girl that I hung out with who was really into horses. She became a veterinarian. Oh, you did almost become a veterinarian.
0: Yeah, somewhere in this parallel Ladies, universe, get, hit us up. We'll called, do a whole episode on called horse, called on horse girls. glasses. I'll, I'll. Okay. <laughs> called what neighing? Is that
1: what <laughs> horses do? We'll do an entire episode Gallo- called "Galloping Glasses", glasses <laughs> if we get enough galloping enough emails about this.
0: <laughs> we'll do. A, oh my god, we should. That would be a really fun. Yes, if we get enough requests, we will do an episode on horse books. Hell yeah, we will. So, if you have thoughts on horse books or other or reading with <laughs> children, you can send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to podcaster and author Teresa Thorne, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, either way, we're now on the Max Fun Network, and uh, I would like it if you checked it out. Uh, it's a lot less professional than what you're hearing right now. Um, <laughs> sp- speaking of not as professional, I just. It's a minute. I, no, I just I just hit record just
1: <laughs> 20 seconds ago. Oh, so we got the end of that. So just give us the head again. Say?
0: All right. Hey, my name is Jonah Ray. No, it doesn't matter, Neil. My name is Jonah Ray. Uh, this is, uh, I have a podcast uh, called Jonah Radio with my friends Cash. Oh, you gave your email. credits at the top. Um, no, it wasn't recorded. That's exactly what he said. No, 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 what but we gotta, we know, but we know, got to you do your credits. Where do people know you from? Forget it. Listen to Jonah Radio on maxfun.org. So here we are with author, podcaster, and professional mom, Teresa Thorne. How are you? And thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Hi, guys. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Teresa,
0: what are you reading right now?
2: Oh, my Lord. Um, okay, I'm reading three things. Um, my fun book, I guess you could call it, <laughs> is I'm reading Lady Oracle um, by Margaret Atwood. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fun. Like, it's it's my fun one, because it's you know it's a novel uh, but it's a little bit a little bit dark a little bit intense a little bit sad um, and then I'm also reading uh, two sort of like parenting uh, ish books one is um, uh, it's lost at school, which is by Ross green. It's like kids with behavioral challenges at school. Um, and then the other one is far from the tree, parents, children, and the search for identity by Andrew Solomon, which I'm only like into the second chapter, I think, but it's so amazing. I recommend like, I, it's very dense and I can't, Um, I can't read very much of it at a time, but every time I read like a single page, my jaw is like on the floor, like he like punches you with truth. Uh, So it's, it's pretty amazing. That sounds like an experience that we like. (laughs) So.
1: We are doing an episode about reading with children and it is one of the number 1 things that our listeners ask us about. So, as a professional mother, how do you do you have any tips for our listeners on getting kids to read more?
2: Uh yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost I would say um like I sort of take a relaxed approach to things generally. So, my approach with reading um with my kids has just been to have a lot of great books around, um, and make reading part of our daily routine. Um, so we always read books at bedtime. I think it's nice to have a time of day when you always read because then it's always built in. It's always going to happen. It just becomes part of normal life. Um, it's not, um, something you have to like try to remember to do or like work really hard to do because it's just always there. Um, and I think just the kids get used to it. And I have, Um, I have three kids. Um, the youngest is still a baby, but, um, the two older ones have been really different when it comes to reading. So like my, my oldest just immediately loved books, like from the time she was a baby books are just, she just loves them. She always would want to read. Um, my second child, um, like he's four and he's like, just kind of now coming around to like being interested in particular books. Like Whereas before we'd say, like, pick a book and he would literally just grab whatever was in front of him. Like he would just not because it just wasn't that exciting to him. Um, and I think that that's totally fine. I think that all kids are going to come around to it in their own time, and their own way. Um, and as long as the like, great options are around and available, I think that they will. Um, I will also say that um, going to the library, it seems like a big duh. But I was always kind of like, eh, going to the library, it's like a whole thing. And then they have to be quiet and it's kind of like hard to do. But it seems like at least in LA, the, the libraries are really nice for kids. They have like nice kid sections and they, they don't like shush the kids that much. And they really want the kids to enjoy that space. And it also gives my kids a chance to pick stuff out where I don't have to be choosing stuff for them. I can let them uh, have their own interests, guide them. Um, which is really awesome. And I, and I don't have to like worry about like, oh, that book looks like really shitty. And now I'm going to like spend 20 bucks on it. Like, no, it's, it's a library book. So we'll just read it five times and then we'll return it. Um, so the library gets an A plus from me.
1: We also love the library. We like
0: that endorsement.
2: Yes. (laughs) So on on the flip side of that, do you have any tips
0: for parents on sneaking in more time to read while taking care of kids?
2: So I do. Um, I do. So one thing that has been a game changer for me, um, kind of in two ways, is that um, around the time that my oldest child started climbing out of the crib um, and uh, started sleeping in a toddler bed, um, we found that she was not a child who you could just like say goodnight to and walk out of the room Um, and have her go to sleep. Um, and so we realized that we kind of needed somebody to sit, at least sit in the room and make sure that she stayed in bed, um, because otherwise she would just never go to bed. Um, and that was very frustrating for a while, um, until, uh, my husband bought me a Kindle. Um, and I realized that I could turn this like weird no man's land, sad, depressing, like hour in the dark um, of my life into kind of like me time <laughs> in a weird way. So like, I sort of, st- I started like making myself a drink and like picking out whatever, like I wouldn't do, like I stopped doing work on my phone during that time. I just like picked a book that was just for me. That was a book I really, really wanted to read. And I would just, I would sit in there for an hour at night and I stopped hating that time. And I started reading so much more. Um, and it and it's become really enjoyable. And you know, I now have three children. So even after my oldest was able to stay in bed on her own, there's other kids after her who also need me to stay in there. Um, which is it, it? That's its own conversation. Um, but the 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 nice thing about that is I do get reading time every night.
1: I love that. That's amazing. What a good, what a great, great way to turn something that seems like a bummer into like a nice experience.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's pretty good. So were there any books that you had particular success with, with your kids that were just like, big hits with them?
2: I mean, my kid, we have, our house is overflowing with books. We don't have really trouble with getting our kids into books. Um, I will say we have some favorites. Um, One book that we, you will hear my husband, Jesse recommending everywhere, and I'm always recommending it. And it's like the, it's the go-to birthday present for like every kid birthday party from age like three to six. Is um, this book called "Who Needs Donuts" by Mark Allen Stamety. Um And it's just—it's a beautiful book. It's—it's it's really deep, uh, but very simply told. Um, it's just about this this little kid who kind of like goes to the city in search of donuts, and and then like the what the lesson he learns there. Um, there's also another book that I recommend constantly um, for anybody who is open to having the conversation with their kids about where babies come from. I realize not every parent wants to have that conversation. Some families are much more comfortable having that discussion early. Uh, That's how our family is. Um, And then in other families, kids are just asking really early and a lot of parents don't know what to say. Um, There's a book called What Makes a Baby by Corey Silverberg. Um, It's a really beautiful book. It's very inclusive. It actually does not talk about like heterosexual sexual intercourse, it's literally about the way, like what, like how how human beings are formed. And then um, the thing, the great thing that unites all of us, no matter where we came from, um, is that somebody was waiting for us um, when when they were waiting for us to be born, somebody was waiting, and like when babies are about to be born there's, or about to come into their family, there's a lot of waiting by the people who love them and the people who want them in the world. Um, so it's a really amazing book. Um, so those are two big faves. There's also a great book by Javaka Steptoe that just came out a year or two ago called Radiant Child. And it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. And um, that's been another recent birthday gift um, and it's about the story of the childhood of, um, Basquiat oh. It's a little bit, um, like intense and sad, but told in the most beautiful way and totally appropriate for children. Uh, and my children have been totally captivated by that book as have, uh, my husband and I.
1: And awesome. So what about, um, stuff, what about books for parenting? Like you said, you were reading some right now. Are there any other ones that have really stuck with you that you would recommend to people?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Um, the ones that jump out at me the most, um, that I would say are the most helpful, um, would be, there's a book called And Baby Makes Three by John and Julie Gottman. And that is just a like that book probably saved my marriage when um, when uh, Jesse and I first had our first child. Um, the first year with your first baby is, um, as all parents know, it's just a, it's just insane. It's an insane time. There's so much change happening, and there is a lot of pressure on um, both parents, and it can just be really hard on a relationship. And I think that reading that book really helped us. Um, and then I would also say the other one is "Blessing of a Skinned Knee" by Wendy Mogul um, is. Probably my favorite, like just general approach to parenting, like philosophy type book. Um, it's very straightforward. It's very, um, it's very reasonable. <laughs> I really like that about it. And then, of course, I will shamelessly plug my own book, which is called "You're Doing a Great Job: A Hundred Ways You're Winning at Parenting," which is like a great book to just give to new parents or anybody who's having a little bit of a hard time. It's filled with jokes and it's filled with things that won't make you feel bad about whatever your parenting choices are. Uh, We love that. And
1: we like it when people plug their own books. So that's very awesome.
0: Do you know of any resources for either parents to find parenting books or parents to find books for their kids? Like, is there a great place to go?
2: Well, actually, yeah, uh, we, we have had on our show, um, Gwen Glazer is the recommendations librarian at the New York Public Library. Um, she's awesome and they have a web, the New York Public Library has a website and a Twitter account that you can specifically request recommendations from at any time, whether you live in New York or not. And they really thoughtfully reply very quickly and promptly and you get a lot of amazing value out of that. And it's totally free.
1: You literally just blew our minds. We both are over here shocked that that is a
2: possibility. That's amazing. That's so great. Yeah, she's awesome. So tell us a little bit
1: about yourself. um, As far as we love to find out if people have like weird reading clerks, quirks. Obviously, you do this thing where you read in the middle of, you know, for an hour in the dark every night. Is there anything
2: else that you do that you want to share with people? Um, Yeah, I don't know if it's common to just like hate when your book ends um i really really prefer to just be deep into a book and i really don't like it when books end so i really don't like short books um they really kind of don't feel worth it to me i want to always have it there and i get very attached to my characters and i don't want them to go away Um, so like for that reason somebody recommended to me the outlander series and I started reading it and I, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't know if this is controversial or not, but it's just not really for me. Like, it's just not, it's not my favorite thing, but I read, like I read, I think I read at least the first two books in the series. And I think I started the third one and they're pretty long. Um, And that was just because purely, I just liked knowing that it would kind of always be there and I would never have to like worry about it going away. Oh, that's, that's really amazing. It's <laughs> super funny. So Teresa, can you tell us about your podcast? I would love to. Um, I co-host a podcast with Biz Ellis. Uh, it's called One Bad Mother and it's a comedy podcast about parenting. Um, it's a comedy podcast because we, think that there's a lot of things about parenting that are very funny. However, we've also been doing the show for almost five years, and I think we've covered a lot of pretty serious topics on the show. We've covered like miscarriage, and we've covered gender identity, and we've covered um, just the whole gamut. Um, And it's been a really fun ride, um, and I don't think we will ever run out of things to talk about. Um, and it is also a maximum fun show, just like your show.
1: Yay! Yay for maximum fun. So, where can people find you online besides your podcast, if if they want to find you?
2: Um, so it's mainly the podcast. We have onebadmotherpodcast dot um, in addition to MaximumFun.org. dot org. Um, and then I am on Twitter at Teresa Thorne. Um, and we're on Twitter at One Bad Mothers. And then there's for parents out there, there's a really incredible. Um, Facebook community, uh, the One Bad Mother closed Facebook group is a, just a really fantastic place for parents to go and connect um, in a judgment-free situation, uh, which it really is that I mean, we, we have multiple moderators who really work hard to keep that place um, kind. Uh, so I think that is the place on the internet that I'm most proud of having a hand in creating. Um, and other than that, yeah, it's just our show and um, our book 100 ways you're winning at parenting. Um, that is available wherever books are sold. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, you guys so much for having me. This was great.
0: Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Madeline writes, I was a very, very studious reader as a kid, and I'm just now getting back into reading post-college. I have happily gotten into books again, but this time I have a weird problem. Every time I read a book, I have vivid dreams about them. It's like my brain is stuck on the book content. Does anyone else suffer from book hangover that bleeds into their real life? Will I be dreaming of Agent Pendergast murder mysteries forever?
1: (laughs) That's so specific. I have this major problem. Do you have this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, When I was reading the Harry Potter series, I kept dreaming I had magical powers and then I would wake up and I would be so bummed. And I don't remember who I was dating at the time, but I remember waking up and being like, I just had this dream I was flying around and I wish I was. And like it just like it makes me it made me bummed about my real life. But okay, here's my thought on this. When we sleep, our brains are usually trying to sort out the day. Isn't that what dreams are? Yeah. It's like our brains are like. Here's the problems presented throughout the day. They always say that, like, you're supposed to, like, if you don't know a problem, what do you do? You sleep on it, right? That's what you do. And so I'm wondering if Madeline is reading a mystery book and her brain is trying to figure out the mystery. So I'm wondering if maybe if you read take a break from the mystery books and you read something else and see if that solves the problem because any book is going to have a thing that needs solving, but a mystery in particular or thriller, they're going to have something that really your brain needs to work on. And maybe like Madeline is a problem solver, like she's a person who literally who she's probably the person who like in every in a movie she's like I know what's going to happen at the end, which is me too. So like they, I mean maybe that that's what her brain is trying to work through as she's trying to figure out the end of this mystery. So my suggestion for Madeline is to try a book that is not a mystery.
0: I think that's a great idea. I will I think say. I your her brain is trying to figure it out. I have read the Agent Pendergrass murder series. Oh. I've been reading that series with my grandfather since I was 14 years old. There's like, I think there's like 12 books. There's like some large amount of books and they're very intense and I can see why they would get stuck in her head because because they're very intense like with the mystery or it's like
1: the the person okay I
0: mean it's a it's a fantastic series everything's really compelling about it but I can totally see why she would get completely sucked in okay having read the series what is your advice uh Well, so yes, that happened. Actually, did happen to me when I read this series. Um, And this happens to me when I'm wicked hardcore into a book, or even, or especially a book series, because you're with the characters for so much longer. Um, I think my best advice for this is you need to read something totally different, so different that it shakes you out of the book's world. You need to read a comic book, listen to an audio book. What you really want is a book that's exactly like that book. And that's just not going to happen. Like, she's like she's in, so into that book, she wants more of those books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you need to just, just surprise your brain into something else, something new to fall in love with, something new to think about, because you're just going to... If you read another mystery, you're just going to get stuck into that same groove. So, you know, read a memoir, read a comedy book, you know, read a literary fiction that's about someone's first girlfriend when they were five. I don't know. Because you're saying she wants to read another mystery. She wants to read a mystery because that's what she likes. Yes. So, but I think if you if you really need to... to Fix your, I I think the cure, the the book aspirin to your book hangover Mm -hmm. is just to read something completely different, preferably in a totally different format. You just need to, your brain is stuck and is mulling over this one particular thing and you just need to shake it off that track and get into a different headspace and something, you know, even if it's like, You know, maybe something you never even tried before, like read a Western, read a horror.
1: Mm -hmm. I also wonder if like if she's reading right before bed, if that's one of the issues here. Like if you maybe before bed, you need to just listen to an audio book or something instead of reading because the reading is much more vivid for me. And I, I understand this. I have dreams about whatever I'm reading.
0: Oh, yeah, to- no, I know. I, I 100% agree. And sometimes, I mean, and sometimes it's not necessarily bad, but, you know, when you're, when a book is over or a, or if it's a mystery and it can be kind of gruesome, like it's not the best place for your brain to live all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. Reading Glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to slash reading underscore classes to read and turn your favorite reading Glasses moments into clips that you can share on social media. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com, find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, on Litzy at readingglasses. You can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglasses. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading.
2: Maximumfun.org.
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
2: Listener supported.